0: If you were strolling around Vienna, Austria, you wouldn't be surprised to see the world-famous Schoenbrunn Palace, or St. Stephen's Cathedral. But if you were paying very close attention, you might find a surprise. The headquarters of OPEC, or the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries. The five founding nations, Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Venezuela, and yes, Saudi Arabia, all had something in common massive oil reserves, and they were sick and tired of the U.S. dictating the terms of the international oil markets. OPEC has now grown to 14 countries, representing 44% of oil production and 73% of the world's proven oil reserves, and their influence and power over the oil markets are as high as ever. Much like the United Nations, OPEC operates on a one-country, one-vote system, so every member nation has equal power. But much like the UN, this voting system is farcical, and the real power lies with one nation. For the UN, this would of course be the United States, but for OPEC, it's Saudi Arabia, whose massive oil production capabilities essentially allow them to dial in whatever oil prices they want. And what to do with all this money? Fancy cars and gold watches only get you so far. How about a championship football team? And no, I'm not talking about PSG or Man City, two teams owned by non-Saudi, Sheik's, I'm talking about the Saudi Arabian Football Federation and their national team, which has won the Asian Cup three times, the Arab Nations Cup twice, and the Arabian Gulf Cup once. But with their neighbor and rival Qatar hosting the next World Cup, Saudi Arabia may lose its position at the center of the Arab footballing world unless they can make some noise at the World Cup. But they'll have a tough task as the competition of football goes up outside of the confines of the Persian Gulf. As Aladdin says... It's a whole new world. This week on Joe Picks a World Cup Team, Saudi Arabia. Joe Picks a World Cup Team The state's no football but not football it seems So now he needs a surrogate Dan will help him look for him They'll have decisions to make Like how much genocide's a deal break Joe picks a World Cup team He's crossing borders to find out who's for him What more could you ask for? It's time to stamp your Joe pick and passport so grab your bottle
1: and pour let's hope he doesn't start a war dan did aladdin take place in saudi arabia or is it just like generic arab country
0: yeah excellent question and i'm fortunate that i did read an article because i searched for uh Aladdin and Saudi Arabia and found a post that so where somebody had asked where is Aladdin and they said it was unspecified but th- somebody said maybe it it parts of it were like chinese like though they said that the based or, or the book was was based in china or something
1: yeah so the original yeah no the original arabian night story is from China. Or, I mean, like, it is part of the Arabian Nights stories, but it's about a boy in China. Like, he's Chinese.
0: Yeah, that's right. Your kids love the, the Arabian Nights. They really the, do. Yeah. But uh, it said the movie itself seemed to be in some nondescript Arab location where Saudi Arabia would definitely be as good a, a choice as any.
1: Got it. Got it. Yeah. Now that makes sense.
0: So, there you go. This is supposed to be a lightning episode, Joe, but we're only doing one episode tonight, and I guess only one episode this week, so we'll, you know... we
1: Yeah, let's lightening it up.
0: It we'll ready. go fast, but we won't go super fast. And, you know, some of the sections, maybe the people didn't even send in any research, so we'll have some real lightning uh, sections. But, Joe, before we get into Saudi Arabia, we have, we have breaking podcast news, Joe. I've gotten... Two emails today, today, this very day, from Allison over at adresultsmedia.com, Joe. And she is saying, she said, we, they want to know all about our podcast, how many listeners, what our social media presence is, because we are big into, we've got some potential campaigns they want us to be a part of, Joe. And one of them, Joe, for mens.com, Apparently, they said, if either of us has experience with hair loss or erectile dysfunction, and we're willing to do a live read about it, we can get paid.
1: Wait, for real? Because, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, at least one of us has experience with both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to say which one.
0: Well, let's see. We know who's got the hair loss. But you know what, Joe? Since we're not doing this ad, because this podcast is non-commercial. We're, other we're not than, in the other
1: business. Than, other than Fan Emeritus Josh's yeah. book. But yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we all have to buy that book, definitely. But we don't get any kickback on that. We, we're just supporting fellow Fans Emeriti. I want to put in a negative ad for these people. How dare they reach out and try to buy us? And I'll say this, when I was losing my hair, I did at one point, before I had accepted hair loss, try out Rogaine, which I'm sure when they, whatever, com, I'm sure whatever they sell to keep your hair is just Rogaine or Propecia. Those are the only two things. And I tried Rogaine and I used it for like a year and it's terrible. You put you put this like mousse in your hair every morning or I think you had to do it twice a day and you can't like shower it out. It has to like the chemical has to sit in your hair. So... Basically, my two choices were either A, lose all my hair, or B, maybe maintain my hair, but it would be sticky and gooey all day. It's, it's no choice, Joe.
1: Hold on. Now, is the product that they're selling something that helps with both hair loss and erectile dysfunction simultaneously? Because, because I'll tell you. A bunch of guys with, like, a lot of hair and raging hard-ons walking around, that's not not a world I want to live
0: in. Well, I'll tell you, Joe, I think, you know, per your point about one of these problems plaguing each of us, I think one of the chief causes of hair loss is that your hair follicles are, like, uh, when testosterone hits them, they, like, shut off. So I think, as you... With a thick, full head of hair, I think you would be more prone to erectile dysfunction than me swimming in testosterone, which has shut off all of my, my hair follicles. So I, I don't even think you could have a, a treatment for both. I think it no, is sort true. of like... As
1: as blood rushes to your genitals, it is drawn away from the hair follicles. It's, yeah. I mean, just science.
0: science. They, they just gave up. They said... <laughs> They, it was not important in the perpetuation of my genetics.
1: The hair follicles say, we, we, we can't compete with what's going on down there. We're can't just Can't compete.
0: We're out. Can't compete. <laughs> so, you know what? Men's.com, we don't need your money or your endorsements. We're not endorsing you. In fact, I negative endorse you. I say, if you're losing your hair, the strongest endorsement I can give is cut it all off. Because I'll tell you, it is very freeing and it's amazing.
1: And if you're suffering from erectile dysfunction, I do not encourage you to cut it all off. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Go, please D- see a doctor. Different.
1: Just, just, just clearly state we have different advice for the two <laughs> issues.
0: Definitely, definitely. Go see a doctor. Do not go to mens.com or whatever. So they also – she sent the first email this morning and she said, please get all this info back to me by C O B which I assume, I'm, I'm out of the, the uh, working world. I, I assume that means close of business, Joe.
1: I mean, the business of our podcast takes place between 10 o'clock and one in the morning. So, you know, she's, she's going <laughs> to have to wait.
0: <laughs> I like could reply right now. That, that's <laughs> close of business. But she said, Joe, she, after she said the first one, which I did not respond to, because, I mean, you would just, I don't know, maybe people see the, Reddit, subreddit that has 20 members and they see the (laughs) website, which seems with such a nice logo and they're like, we must be big time. But we're obviously not big time. But she sent another email a few hours later that said, oh my goodness, they're also interested in Big O, which might be either the tire company or also maybe some sort of erectile dysfunction (laughs) drug. And Dukes, whatever that is. So we have three... Three sponsorships waiting for us, Joe.
1: I mean, I don't know what demographic they think that we're serving here. What is Big O? I
0: have no idea. I mean, I know there's like Big O tires, but I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've never heard a tire company (laughs) advertising on a podcast.
1: I mean, I feel like, like of all the possible options, Big O tires, I, you know, look, I mean, people need to get tires somewhere.
0: It's true. It's true. I mean, I don't know if <laughs> Big O Tires is an international company because we do have a- an international audience, but I mean, maybe that's, maybe they want to break into all of these countries and they see our podcast feed and they see all these different country titles and they're like, oh my goodness, we advertise oh, now, on one on. podcast, we get 20 countries. <laughs>
1: my Bing search though is telling me that that the Big O is also a Japanese anime
0: series. Whoa. So
1: potentially that's what we're talking about here. And they know that the Japan episode is coming up and they like want to get in for that episode.
0: It is actually on the website, I think, that Japan is coming up. Or maybe this woman just listened to all of our podcasts and she's like, This podcast she she's she knows Japan's coming up because she's a listener and she wants to advertise. She keeps she's going to her advertisement being like, Guys, I found the hottest podcast. We've got to, you know, like um when cereal came out, and then it was like that was the, oh yeah, Mailchimp was like MailChimp. cashing in on that, and it was yeah. like Mailchimp got in at like bargain basement rates because they believed in cereal. You know, maybe maybe this woman is really trying to 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 get us on the map. And Joe, I'm I'm not I'm ignoring her. I'm playing hard. The to problem get. is this
1: poor woman. This poor, this poor woman. She had a deadline. Her boss was like, "Hey, you know, Janine, you're really going out on a limb for this podcast. I Allison, swear to God, Allison." Allison, you're I'm really gonna, going. Out I'm limb not going
0: to say her last name. Protect it, but her last initial is V.
1: Allison, you're really going out on a limb for this podcast. Get me something on my desk by the end of the day today, or you're fired.
0: Close of business, Allison. We need. Fuck. We need to push this hair loss or erectile dysfunction first. <laughs> Maybe she knows I don't have the hair. Oh my! You know what? She probably saw uh, the uh, the beautiful uh, the logo. Made by Julia, and she could see that one person has hair, so she just assumes you have erectile dysfunction, and one person without hair, and she thought, this is perfect.
1: She says, I can't tell much by that logo, but one of these guys has a flaccid penis. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lock. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks for the interest, Allison.
0: Thank you. Thank you, but no thank you. We will continue our non-commercial podcast.
1: keep, keep, Keep talking to us about the Big O Tires. Or they, or the,
0: I, I could email back and say we're very interested, but we would have to know is it. Oh my Big god! Can o you the- just
1: reply with no other information other than we need some clarity? Is it Big O tires or Big O the Japanese anime series?
0: I'll do it right now.
1: Okay, <laughs> and, um, ask her to get back to you by close of business <sighs> okay. on that, please.
0: Hold on. Is Big O the tire company or the Japanese anime show? Japanese oh. anime show. Yeah,
1: yeah. Can you ask for her to get back to you by opening of business? <laughs> Do people say that? Can you say OOB?
0: Can you get no? I don't. Know, that's rude. No. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Allison. I'm not putting it through this, but I'm saying, hold on. Is Big O the tire company of the Japanese anime show? Sent. Boom. Perfect. All right. We'll we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll post whatever her response is on the uh, on the subreddit.
1: I can't wait. Look, we could be sitting on 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 Saudi prince money here with the Big O tire campaign.
0: Ooh, nice! What a segue, Joe. You
1: hear me? That's 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 what Big O is paying for, right there.
0: Now, Joe, what much the last podcast was unedited. This one's going to be unedited, uh, and this one I'll actually be sober for, so I'll remember it. So this, that's good. Um, but well, mixed feelings about the unedited podcast, but. Some people like it, most people hate it, but you know what, Joe? I think it's forcing us to up our game, and I think that segue you just did was a perfect example of it.
1: People love the raw feed. I think that segue was perfect. It was made less perfect by then us talking about the segue.
0: Yeah. Well, but that's what everybody does on podcasts. But I think there might be a vocal minority who says they like the unedited, which was just one person, Bez where we also did his, like, favorite country. And every other person I've talked to says they hate the unedited, and it's terrible.
1: Yeah, I've gotten some negative feedback.
0: But guess what, people? If you don't like it, stop listening. Because once I... And you know what, Joe? I'm just going to release this tonight. This is the great part about the unedited. I just slam it up there, put it out there, get those... By close a business... By open a business tomorrow, Joe. This thing will be up.
1: As businesses open around the world... People will open up their podcast feed to see a brand new episode. Let's do it, Dan.
0: Allison is going to frantically listen, as she does, and be like, oh, no, we didn't get the, the, the contract done before COB, and the, we we missed out on the big the Saudi Arabia episode, I mean, in addition to being a big-money episode, as you say. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Isn't this going to be every U.S.'s fan's darling to root for Saudi Arabia?
1: I think so. I mean, it, it's... It's at least a logical choice.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to learn why. And and let's just get started, Joe, with a a section where the Saudis and the Americans are going to show how much they have in common, the drink. So thanks to to fan emeritus Sean for this. He says, Saudi Arabia is a dry country. Ooh, (laughs) that's tough. But you can make your own moonshine, which is called Siddiqui, or homebrew some wine or beer. Add a couple of grains of yeast. Even just standard cooking yeast is fine to a bottle of non-alcoholic lager or a bottle of fruit juice with a little added sugar. Leave it to ferment for a few days and you have yourself some homebrew Saudi style. And if that doesn't appeal to you, mix apple juice with Sprite or soda water and you've got yourself some Saudi champagne.
1: (laughs) Well, I didn't either. I'm drinking a nice cup of tea in honor of our Saudi hosts.
0: It's very nice. I am drinking the Saudi champagne sands the apple juice and Sprite. So it's just some LaCroix. Whoa,
1: what is that, water? <laughs> yeah, oh, just, yeah,
0: <laughs> okay, okay, good.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I think they drink a lot of tea there. So, you know, I'm having some, some, some caffeine-free tea. So there you go.
0: Yeah, that might've been a, a, a swing and a miss for, for Sean on that one. I'm, I I think tea probably, it's gotta be big in, in the Arab world. But, you know, it, I, I guess Sean is looking at it like an Australian would. They, they love their alcohol, and I imagine if you were a tourist going there, the first thing you would notice is, oh, shit, I can't get alcohol, and you'd probably be very annoyed.
1: Yeah, I think Sean's just trying to help us out by, you know, trying to give us something to drink.
0: Yeah. Well. I get it. This LaCroix is great, and let's learn a little bit more about this country in a segment I like to call Homeland Handbook. Hey, the name of people are a Saudi, a group of Saudis who are all Saudi or Saudi Arabian. The language, the official language is Arabic. The religion, the official religion is Muslim. The citizens are 85 to 90% Sunni and 10 to 15% Shia. And the capital city is Riyadh. All right, Joe. Everybody's favorite segment You guess the chief export of this country. Now, had you been paying attention for the intro, I did give a a, a tiny hint in there, but uh, you you normally don't pay attention, so uh, we'll see how you do, Joe. What is the chief export of Saudi Arabia?
1: Well, I mean, I didn't need your intro here, Dan. Thank you very much. Um, Nor did I listen, Uh, but I believe believe it is clearly uh, going to be oil.
0: All right, let's check. That's right. It is oil. Their number one export is crude petroleum. Their number two exports refined petroleum. And, in fact, they are the largest exporter of crude petroleum in the world. And it's not even close. They export about $136 billion worth of oil, or they did in 2016. Second place was Russia at $73 billion. Third place, Iraq. Fourth place, Canada. And uh, down in fifth place, their neighbor, the United Arab Emirates, down at $40 billion. So they export more oil than the other top two producers combined. And because so much of their oil is, like, very cheap and easy to access, they can basically export as much or as little as they want. So they, as um, we talked about OPEC in the, the intro, they do have this really... Uh, important spot in the global market where opec decides to set these like production targets which they think will fix the price but then saudi arabia themselves can basically by increasing or decreasing production can just move the oil markets however they want because uh, those numbers aside 20 percent of the crude oil exports in the world are controlled by one country which is massive so
1: yeah it's fucking crazy
0: very powerful Nation When it comes to oil But let's see where they rank In terms of population Joe There are 32 countries in the World Cup Where does Saudi Arabia rank In population among them
1: Yeah this is one that I don't have Like a really strong feel for Because I picture Saudi Arabia as having like a lot of like Desert um, But I mean there's some big cities there. are like I mean I mean Mecca is like Pretty big I imagine um, I
0: don't know how many uh, year-long residents there are of Mecca, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. Like, it, like, like, talk about a tourist city. which yeah. just like, a constant inflow of people. Okay, I'm going to just say um,
0: maybe they're number 10. Number 10. Let's check that out. Uh-huh. No, not even close, really. Oh, no. They are number 17. They clock in 33 million people, 41st overall in the world. But, uh, yeah, well outside the top 10. Those are those are much larger countries. I think you are right that they have a lot of desert. I think maybe they might be number 10 when everybody in the Arab world is coming to Mecca. But on the year-round basis, not... Uh, not up at that rank. Only thirty-three million people, but that's still a lot. But uh, let's get uh, let's get right into it, Joe. Section number one, or pre-section number one. So we talk about World Cup history, the road to qualification, the group, and uh, and then there, whether they're too good or too bad. So first, Joe, let's start talking about the World Cup history. And as I was saying. In the intro, they have had success not only in Asia, but they've had success certainly in the Arab world. They've, I mean, they've won the Asian Cup three times, which is very impressive, yeah. the, the Asia uh, Football Conference has a bunch of teams. Uh, in the World Cup, they've actually been fairly successful at getting to the World Cup. They've been to four previous World Cups between 1994 and 2006. They qualified for all four of those. They did not qualify for the last two. But um, they, of course, qualified for this one. In the four World Cups they were in, in their first World Cup ever in 1994, they got off to a really hot start and won their first two games. Uh, This was at the the World Cup in the U.S. And they made it uh, to the knockout round where they promptly lost. But in the three other World Cups, they did not register a single win. So they um, have, uh, in their last three World Cups, they have two draws and... Seven losses, not great, oh. but you know, whatever. They made it four times. You know, they didn't make the last two, but but they made this one. Um, and again, as I said, they've they've had success within the within both the Arab world and Asia. So it, it, this isn't like some of these countries. The World Cup team is is sort of an afterthought. I would say. I mean, I don't want to say throw Australia under the bus. Another uh, Asian team or that plays in the AFC. But Australia, the biggest sport in Australia isn't football. It's, I mean, it could, well, it, it might be Aussie rules football. It might be rugby. It might be, I, I mean, I don't know. They, they, It's a big sporting nation that plays all sorts of sports. But in Saudi Arabia, football is their biggest sport. So this is, it, it's, right. it, it's right. not through like no lack of trying. Like they want to be good. Um, they, it's something they care about. It's something they invest in. And um, so, you know, they do want to, to shine on, on the World Cup scene. Let's see how they qualified for the World Cup this year. They came in as the 11th seed in the uh, AFC, the Asian Football Confederation. They get put in Group A with their neighbors, the United Arab Emirates, the country that the U.S. doesn't even consider a country, Palestine, Malaysia, and Timor-Leste, And, of course, as you can imagine, with this mix of parts of groups, they had trouble playing their games against Palestine because Saudi Arabia refused to uh, go through Israel to get to Palestine. And so that that was a whole controversy about that game. Timor-Leste, the person in the group, had to forfeit five of their group matches due to fielding not one ineligible player, but due to fielding numerous ineligible players. However... I
1: wonder what made them ineligible, though.
0: I don't know. I, I did not do any further research because I have never heard the words Timor-Leste put together before. I have no idea where it is. Is that a country? It is a country. I mean, I assume it's a country. Uh, the, whatever they play in the AFC. and uh, But, you know, the, the thing is, when they forfeit a game, it's, it goes down in the books as three to no. But they right. actually uh, played their first game against Saudi Arabia that was eventually forfeited afterwards, but Saudi Arabia won the game seven to nil. So Saudi Arabia actually got the seven to nil victory. And then when Saudi Arabia played them the second time when they had when they were eligible, Saudi Arabia won ten to nil. So it is for Timor Leste so like they won the is, forfeit. It's the
1: strategic forfeit. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: It, it was absolutely it was it was very big for them. And um uh, what else? Uh, sorry. Well, Damn, look.
1: This is the problem with the unedited podcast. What is happening behind you? <laughs>
0: Anything could happen. I, I think a police car drove by. I don't know. I mean, it's not like the time the gunshot happened on the podcast.
1: Well, that, that due to ongoing legal proceedings, we can't talk about that.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And then uh, one other one that in their matchup against Malaysia. The the match was abandoned in the 87th <laughs> minute after a group of supporters threw objects onto the pitch. At the time of abandonment, the score is two to one to Saudi Arabia. But oh, Dan
1: Dan Dan, I have to stop you. Oh my God! This story about about Timor Leste, which is also East Timor, people might be more familiar with that name. Um, <laughs> what they were trying to do and why they got expelled. This is the best plan ever. I don't know why more countries don't do this if they're like terrible at soccer. They filled their team with a bunch of Brazilian players. They were all just Brazilians <laughs> who could make the team. <laughs> These people who apparently had zero, zero connection to East Timor, who were just like really like probably pretty good Brazilian players who were probably better than any East Timorian, but were in no way good enough to play on the Brazil team. And they just imported them.
0: But they still lost to Saudi Arabia, <laughs> 7-0. to
1: Well, I think, no, I think at that point, those players had already been expelled.
0: Oh. Well, I'll I'll have to look and see what their their first game was like.
1: They had 12 Brazilian players on their team.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, we saw this before. I mean, in in these these forfeits where it's like players are ineligible. And it's like when we were talking about before, it was like it was just one ineligible player who had just accumulated yellow cards. And the question is, like, did he knowingly play? Did he just not realize it? I mean, (laughs) this is pretty brazen. (laughs) This is...
1: So, so one of the players said, said, this is how it went down. I received an invitation from them, and they said, we give you a passport, and you play for us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh,
1: that's amazing. All right. Sorry. You can keep going.
0: No, that's it. Uh, look, that's, that's great, great work, Joe. Uh, you know, while the police are dealing with the situation over here, you know, you've <laughs> got to fill in the dead air. Uh, anyway, so uh, that Malaysia match that had to be abandoned because of the Malaysian fans throwing stuff onto the pitch, that was eventually uh, made into a forfeit. So though Saudi Arabia was winning 2-1, to one, they you know it goes in the books as a 3-0 win. And so they win the group, six wins and two draws. Finishing second in the group is the United Arab Emirates, who have five wins and two draws. And uh, so this is meaningful because both of those teams move on to the next round. So the next round, the way it works is it's sort of like a a hex style thing where six teams, well, they do 12 teams, but they put them in two separate groups. Uh, Top two teams qualify for the World Cup. Third team goes into a first a playoff against the other group and then the intercontinental playoff. So they go into the third round with Japan, Australia, United Arab Emirates, again, same group, Iraq and Thailand. So uh, they really don't do great in the group. In fact, among the top teams in the group, they have one draw and a loss with Australia. I think they split wins with the United Arab Emirates, but what they do is they take care of business against both Iraq and Thailand, and crucially, coming into the final game, they were tied with Australia in terms of points for that second-place position, And they were ahead on goal differential, but they had to play Japan. However, Japan had qualified already previously the game before. So Japan had absolutely nothing to play for. Saudi Arabia was playing for their spot in the World Cup. And they had a, you know, fairly unconvincing, but whatever, 1-0 win, which is enough. They tied Australia in terms of overall points with that win, because Australia won as well, but they were two goals better on goal differential, so they went through in the automatic qualifying spot. Australia was, of course, as we already did in that podcast, was relegated to the playoff against Syria, which they won, and then they had the playoff against Honduras, which they also won, so Australia joined them, so three countries out of that group all made the World Cup, Japan, Saudi Arabia, and Australia. The group, Joe, the uh they were put in so the the groups of the host country was put in this group A and Saudi Arabia is joining them so the uh article about this group is that Russia is put in like the weakest group of all time and so this group is Russia Uruguay Egypt and Saudi Arabia so 538 gives Russia and Uruguay each a 74% and 72% chance of advancing respectively. Egypt down there at 40% and lowly Saudi Arabia in the weakest group in World Cup history has a 14% chance of advancing. And now let's get into the too good, too bad. All right, Joe, as I said Based on these, are based on the betting odds, not based on the, the 538 numbers. But the numbers on the betting markets are exactly identical. It gives them a 14% chance to make it into the knockout round, a 3.5% chance to make the quarterfinals, a 1.5% chance to make the semifinals, a 0.4% chance to make the final, and a 0.1% chance to win the World Cup, which puts their overall odds at 1,000 to 1 which is tied for worst in the entire World Cup. So, Joe, that means a bet of one Saudi Rial would pay back 1,000 Rials. And that's right, no hoalas to go with it. And, Joe, I checked. They don't make a $1,000 Rial note, but you could get two $500 Rial notes for your one Rial bet, which would feature King Abdulaziz al Saud, which... Also, is their most famous note because on the back is the Ka'aba in the courtyard of the Holy Mosque in Mecca. And each one of those 500 Riyadh notes has a U.S. dollar value of $133.
1: Oh, wow. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah. And I looked at that currency rate and I'll tell you, it looked quite stable over about the last five years. So I think there might be some sort of government interference pinning the value of the rial against the U.S. dollar. But I'm no monetary expert.
1: Well, I mean, I think look it's never good to be in the um in the group of life in like the easiest group, but be the worst team in that group like that's a bad sign uh and obviously, I think the biggest knock against Saudi Arabia is um i mean it seems like half their qualifying games they won through forfeit uh, <laughs> like like
0: or or only, they're playing a team, I mean their biggest victory in the second round of qualifying. The, the only real win was they Japan, had, who, who was, didn't have anything to play yeah, for. Playing yeah, playing a team that had nothing to play for.
1: So, the, so teams either either were disqualified or uh, or 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 had no reason to beat them. But I mean, look, they qualified for the World Cup. Hats off to them, but they had a very easy road. And you know, oddly enough, their only salvation is that they're actually in a group where, like, they're not just going to be crushed because it's a it's a pretty weak group, but they are the worst team in it. So this is, this is not good for them. This is like a two and a half.
0: Yeah, that's bad. I mean, the the one thing they have going for them is like theoretically speaking, like Russia is worse than them. But <laughs> exactly
1: right. Yeah, I mean, like like if they were in a normal group, I would have had to make it a one. But they have like a little bit of a shot at winning a game.
0: Yeah, they got a shot. I mean, w- one thing researching it before coming into this, I would have just assumed that it was like. Oh, in Saudi Arabia. I don't know what sport it would be, like high OI or something. I have no idea. I don't want to say something offensive, but I mean, well, I don't know why that would be offensive. But anyways, I don't know <laughs> what their sport is. I I would not have guessed that, that soccer was actually their number one sport. But, I mean, it must be tough for it to be the number one sport, but just based on, you know, the type of geography or whatever. It, or, well, I
1: mean, it's an interesting question because, you know, we've sort of – been going with this theory about like you know political uh stability uh and a good economy and like access to whatever like soccer fields and and training programs like these are the things that like help a country who loves soccer become a good soccer nation like look at like uruguay or like costa rica Um, so it'll be interesting to see when we get to like um, system of government and learn a little bit more about the country itself. Like what conditions is Saudi Arabia missing? Like, like, like with the money that they have coming in through oil, like why aren't they better at soccer?
0: Yeah. I actually just wonder if it's like just hard to play because it's so fucking hot outside.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, can you think of a, Country that's like a desert wasteland that's good at soccer?
0: I mean, mean the biggest, the countries that are like primarily deserts are like, uh, I mean, I think there are some African nations that are primarily deserts.
1: And some of them have have done well in the World Cup. None have ever won it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, no, I don't think any European nation or South American nation has geography like that. Yeah, I mean, I think Chile has a pretty foreboding geography, but they also have like you know, cities I mean, I don't know what the uh, the situation, I mean, does well I, I don't know like what the climate is like in Riyadh, or, or I assume like most of the people live around the, the big city centers, but I'd imagine in most countries, the the city centers are going to be in the areas that are like the most naturally hospitable, just because like that's why historically they would choose to live there. Right. But right. like, I have no idea why, if that's the case in Saudi Arabia.
1: Well, the other thing is that, you know, it might be that, well, the country has wealth. It's not wealth that is well distributed. And so it might be that like, that, that there are, you know, we, we've seen it in other episodes that, that poverty and civil unrest make for bad, like soccer breeding grounds. Right. That like, you know, I mean, Historically, you can even look at, like, countries that have just become worse when, when the country plunges into, like, a like recession or whatever. So, yeah. um, you know, who knows? We'll see that as we go along. Absolutely. All right. We are talking about Category 9.
0: All right. Category – hey, let's just get right into it, Joe. System of Government Head of State from – Perfect. Fans Emeritus, Bez and Ryan. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is one of the main players in the Arab world. Its stature is built on its geographical size, twice that of France and Germany combined, its prestige as being the birthplace of Islam, and its colossus status as an oil producer with a quarter of the world's proven reserves under its deserts. It's important as an oil exporting nation has made economic interdependence with the West, where the main consumer demand is found, a necessity. This, in turn, has led to strong political and military relationships that at times have been a source of awkwardness for both sides. It stands out for a faulting, it stands out for following a Puritan version of Sunni Islam, including harsh punishments such as public beheadings and its restrictions on women. The politics of Saudi Arabia takes place in the context of a totalitarian absolute monarchy where the king is both the head of state and head of government. Decisions are made based on consultation among the senior princes of the royal family and the religious establishment. The Quran is declared to be the constitution of the country, which is governed by Islamic Sharia law. The Allegiance Council is responsible to determine the new king and the new crown prince. All citizens of full age have a right to attend, meet, and petition the king directly through the traditional tribal meeting known as the Majlis. That sounds sounds awesome. (laughs) I, I mean... I, I don't know what it takes to be a citizen, but yeah, that's pretty good to go to the king and be like, I need a new BMW. Like, I I need that new uh, stereo or whatever. The al Saad dynasty holds a monopoly of political power. Saudi Arabia was established in 1932 by King Abd al-Aziz, and he has been succeeded by various sons. King Salman bin Abdulaziz al Saud ascended the throne in January 2015 following the death of his half-brother, King Abdullah. He has been part of the ruling clique of princes for decades as he continued the main thrust of Saudi strategic policy, including maintaining the alliance with the United States and working towards energy market stability. In what's being described as a big shakeup, King Salman made his son Mohammed bin Salman first in line to the throne in June 2017. Oh. Damn. He is now viewed as the de facto ruler controlling all major levers of government, from defense to the economy. In November 2017, he was seen to be stamping out traces of internal dissent in preparation for a formal transfer of power from his father by detaining over 200 of the richest and most powerful people in the country. They are still being detained in a five-star hotel on charges of abuse of power and privilege. He has projected himself as a liberal reformer in the ultra-conservative kingdom with a series of bold moves, including the decision to allow women to drive uh, just recently. Oh, er, oh, he's said they are going to be allowed to drive starting in June of this year. Wow, how exciting. The current, the head of state is King Salman Bin Abdulaziz Al Saad. Why you might like him? He allowed women to drive. (laughs) Why you might not like him? In his military intervention in Yemen, he has been accused of war crimes and human rights violations for alleged use of cluster bombs on Yemeni citizens, openly backed a rebel group in the Syrian civil war, including an al-Qaeda-linked organization, founded the Saudi High Commission for Relief in Bosnia and Herzegovina, Herzegovina, a charitable organization that has been accused of terrorism and was forcibly closed in 2001. When their headquarters was raided by NATO forces, they found maps of government buildings in Washington. Materials for forging U.S. State Department badges, files on the use of, trop- of crop duster aircraft, and anti-Semitic and anti-American material geared towards children. Wow! So not not a great charity. <laughs> yeah, seems that it might might be a front. There was a, a good uh, episode of The Weeds about this, like uh, this new Prince guy, and the the thing where he like detained all the people is really crazy. Where it was like. He was accusing all these people of like corruption and stuff, and so he just detained them all in like the Ritz Carlton or something, and he basically just locked them and was like, "You are staying in this Ritz Carlton until like you transfer four billion dollars or whatever." And they're like, the people were detained, and, and uh, presumably some of them still are detained until they like just they just had to pay him money. That he, uh, I mean, his accusation is that they like stole the money or that they w- earned the money through like. Uh, you know nefarious or illegal means But the other direction The other way to look at it is He's just like exploiting his Absolute power and control of like Force and just getting people To like do whatever he wants Because he just has the power And he wants to use But that them.
1: being said I mean you know He could be detaining them somewhere much much
0: worse He He could be Putting them in jail or something But I think that's the part of it which is like, as a as a smart person, he wants he's like wants to shake it up, but you can't shake it up too much. So, you know, you you don't want to take all the ultra powerful people and like throw them in jail. So you throw them in the the Ritz Carlton.
1: I'm just saying, I, I wouldn't mind being detained at a five star hotel for like a week or two.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you were detained there, well, yeah. I mean, for you, it would really be great. <laughs> I think that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean. I mean, do you think that, like, there are times when the people detained there sort of, like, enjoy it despite themselves? Like, they're pissed that they're detained, but then they're also, like, but that massage was great.
0: I think they definitely are enjoying it. I mean, I'm sure at some times they want to leave, but I'm sure much throughout the day they're, like, they're they're feeling pretty good. I I mean, I would assume the Ritz-Carlton Riyadh is probably pretty fucking nice.
1: I mean, here – so – Learning about this country, here's some thoughts that I have. First of all, allowing women to drive, I mean, is a no-brainer. And and obviously, I'm saying that, like, and you're like, of course it's a no-brainer. But, like, also, like, driving's terrible. It's like, you know, like, having to drive on, like, a long family trip. Like, I don't want to drive. Very excited to to see
0: where you're going with this. Okay.
1: My point is, (laughs) everyone should want... Everyone to be able to drive because then you share the responsibility for like doing a chore of like, like, think about it. If only men can drive, it's like, oh, we got to go pick up milk. Fine. I'll fucking go because you can't drive.
0: Ah, yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Absolutely. You're right. That would be like if the law was like only men can like do dishes or something.
1: (laughs) Right. 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 I mean, like, like there's so much stuff that I mean, I'm trying to picture my life. If if Liz couldn't drive, it would be awful
0: yeah but then again, you probably would have a driver, so anytime Liz wanted to do something, you'd just be like, All right, driver, take her.
1: Um, all right, well, that sounds all right then. <laughs> all right, The other point that I was thinking is is, I mean, obviously this country is very committed to Islam, definitely. I don't know that you want your religious document to also be your constitution. Yeah. Like, constitutions... And I'm not talking about for any, like, moral separation of church and state reason. What I'm thinking about is, like, the fact that, like, you need your constitution to be, like, a functional, like, like, governing document. Like, the constitution of the U.S. lays out... I, I, the the amendments have all the rights in it and, you know, what people have a right to, but also lays out, like, the functionary, like... Like how long a presidential term is, what the line of secession is, like what you know, what happens, um, uh, uh, you know, when Congress is sworn in and what powers they hold versus the Senate. It's like, man, like, you know, if their if their president dies, they're like, let's look at the Constitution, see who takes over. And it's like, it's 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 a Quran, It's not there.
0: I mean, it might be there. You don't you don't know what's in there. <laughs> I mean, maybe they I have mean, a Senate in there. It's like, and the. An eye for an eye, and all disputes shall be mediated in the Senate under the watchful eye of the uh, the President Pro Tempore.
1: <laughs> if if the Quran has a whole section with like a sedum and a Senate, yeah. like I would be, I will revise my my, my previous comment. Good for them, and, and you know, and what a well thought out religious text.
0: Yeah, yeah, for that matter. I mean, I think the one this is like a very like, when you look at the Bible, like, the Bible is, like, either intentionally or unintentionally, but almost certainly intentionally, written to be, like, confusing, and, like, so it can be, every part of it can be read in, like, a million different ways, because that's what the people who wrote it wanted it to be like, because it's, you know, it should be, like, mysterious and, like, you know, hard to understand for the common person, so you need somebody to, like, figure it out for you. Whereas, like, the governing documents should be, like, like written simply and not confusingly, like the Second Amendment. If the damn people had just put in like two extra sentences, like. <laughs> but but uh, you know our documents are pretty good like that because you're right. It's it's just a, non- a, a bunch of boring minutia. But it's like the boring minutia is important because two hundred years later, every people are going to pick it apart and try to find every little like loophole.
1: And even if you were to look to like the systems of government described in the Bible, like, you know, and I'm obviously more familiar with the old Testament than I am with the Quran, but like, you know, they're written from the perspective of people who were like essentially, you know, warring tribes, you know, wandering yeah. around the Middle East. Wandering and it's like, around the desert. Right. And it's like the system of government that they required and envisioned was not one that is like governing 30 million people in an oil rich country.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I wouldn't be surprised if there are like a hundred pages about like the responsibility and like rules and rights about like if you find a pond and it's like who has access to <laughs> yeah, the water exactly. and like oh
1: yeah exactly like yeah like what happens if there's a dispute over a cow yeah <laughs> right um, yeah there's not you know a lot in there about currency manipulation um, I mean this is the first religious totalitarian regime we've talked about. So that's exciting.
0: Oh, that can't be true, is it? I mean, I guess Nigeria is also a, a Muslim country, but I didn't, they're not, they had like, uh, at least, I, I think they had, they did have elections. I mean, we talked about
1: Russia. Oh, no, 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 no not, not r-
0: Nigeria, Morocco, rather, sorry.
1: And Russia is not really religious in, yeah. its, in its totalitarianism, I guess. Um,
0: it's like very anti-religious.
1: Right. I think, uh, you know, this is, this is not, not, not a great form of government for my worldview. So I'm going to
0: say 1 out of 10. All right. I mean, it's a fair point. <laughs> it's,
1: I'm not going to try and defend it.
0: It's really not good. I mean, not, okay. it's not even to mention the, uh, that all of the uh, 9-11 hijackers were. Saudi and likely sponsored by the state category 11 all right category 11 hey it's a national anthem thanks to superfan tony phd who i've learned is coming to visit san francisco in uh, a few weeks and i'm going to hand present him the cup of joe which oh, my goodness. Which by that point will be made into a very nice trophy, which I have not done yet. But So that's going to be very exciting. Reigning Cup of Joe winner. He will, he will take back. If, if you tuned into the NFL draft, Tony and Pam were front and center in like... <sighs> if you every time just look at the Bengals section and the two people in front are, were Tony and Pam every day of the draft... I mean, what a couple, Joe. They're traveling to the NFL draft together. Could you imagine? Like what what activity do you think you could possibly have in common with your wife where you would like travel somewhere to like go see something?
1: Oh my goodness. I mean Liz and I have nothing like that.
0: I guess well, you guys you guys sort of like gambling, so I guess you could you guys could conceivably go to Vegas and you'd both have fun gambling.
1: Oh yeah, I know I mean I mean, we, we love to travel together. We love to do things together. But I can't think of, like, an event that yeah. we would want to travel for. Yeah. That's the thing. I can think of an event that I would want to travel for or that or that she would want to, but not really. Um, yeah. No, that's tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: well, you know, you know. on that note, there are two bits of Joe Picks and NFL team news. I don't know if you want to address that at the end or if we want to just plop it right here in the middle of the podcast.
0: Joe, why not? Let's <laughs> go. This podcast is for us. Screw the haters. Let's just put it right here in the middle.
1: Okay, I mean this is this is breaking Joe picks and NFL team news right now. Wait, breaking? Well, it's not really breaking cuz it happened like a week ago. But oh, Okay. <laughs> Saheed Khan, owner of the Jaguars, have you heard this news? I have not. Put in a massive bid to buy Wembley Stadium.
0: Wow. Now, now, hold on. He's
1: saying he's just buying it as an investment. He just thinks it's good business. Now, Wembley Stadium, as as you may know, is not owned by any team. It's it's owned by the FA, by the English Football Association. Hmm. Uh, he Why are owns, they selling it? I think because it's sort of like it's sort of like a silly like. there is a stadium that is mostly empty other than, like, big events and big games. It would be, like, silly for the NFL to just own a stadium. Like, they would just rather cash out and sell it to someone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the better question is why they owned a stadium in the first place.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Now, he, of course, owns Fulham, who have, I think, a a fine stadium. uh, And he said that he has no... No interest or desire. This is not a move that would involve Fulham moving. Now, so he's having really-
0: been to Fulham Stadium, I know I would – I mean it's fine, but it's very small. I mean it's – you definitely couldn't like – you know, Tottenham wouldn't fit in a stadium that tiny. You know, got to have more more seats.
1: Craven Cottage. Well, I mean the thing is is that it's – it's. Um, you know, Fulham is a second – Tier team now. I'm pretty pretty ensconced in that. Like they're not going to fill Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium yeah. is huge. I mean, Spurs have trouble filling it every week. I mean, it's it's massive. I mean, and and Wembley, as our as our NFL fans may know, is where NFL games are played.
0: Oh, now I so, see where we're going with this.
1: So there is a lot of rumors that this is the move that makes the move possible for the London royalties.
0: and by the way the london royalties formerly jacksonville jaguars are now good like they're legitimate super bowl contenders next year
1: so they're gonna be moving to wembley i mean this is all speculation of course now of course this has a negative impact on my spurs because they their stadium has a deal with the nfl for games but like but whatever all that aside i love tottenham but their future isn't linked to the nfl their future is linked to their own future the royalties might be a real thing
0: if this deal happens. Wow. Wow. I mean, this segment is sort of like a royal tease because I am now very excited to, to follow oh, up on this news.
1: That was good. That's, that's unedited,
0: my friends. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that it's was that seamless. good. <laughs> it would also be better if we said things that were good and then didn't <laughs> talk about them. But anyways, wow. That, I mean... I think if if the NFL does uh pull it off it'll be it'll be cool i I love that that London game. I love just waking up and it's just the 10 a m football game is great, but like sometimes I wake up earlier than that, sometimes I don't. but when I do, I like when there's football already on.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's fantastic though it it does present a challenge with fantasy lineups because if you forget that's a pain in the ass.
0: Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, those fantasy lamps are tough because I can't wake up before that game starts.
1: Okay, Dan, 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 Joe picks an NFL team, news number two. There is a crisis in my fandom.
0: A crisis?
1: Not a crisis, just a, just a mini hiccup in that the Seattle Seahawks, right in my backyard, spent their first round pick Drafting this smarmy guy from San Diego State.
0: Oh wow! And they drafted the guy who only has one arm.
1: Oh yeah, not, yeah. Talk about a feel good story, right? Yeah. But more importantly, this is a San Diego guy
0: oh. playing in my
1: backyard. Mm. How do I not root for that?
0: It's exciting. Well, what, what position was he? Like a safety or something?
1: No, he's a running back. He's going to be. He's touching, a he, running he, back. Yeah, this guy Rashad Penny. He, oh I mean, man, you should watch a video. And I mean, talk about a smart talk about a smarmster. That's guy's. smarm.
0: I mean, if you're going to have Smarm in a position, you want it in running back.
1: I mean, as you know, they're saying this guy is like Marshall Falk 2.0 from San Diego State. So, you know, could be exciting times. If he's good, I mean, if he's just mediocre, it's not going to be a problem. If he actually turns out to be good, it's going to present a little bit of uh, anxiety for me.
0: Well, the good thing is... You know that Rob doesn't root for them, so. Although I think they're Rob's second team, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah, exactly. It's a problem. Yeah. Well, maybe they could be your second team.
1: Well, there you go. Those are my two bits of, I mean, when your team uh,
0: is owned by, like, Steph Curry and Jay-Z, like, you know, you're going to, the Panthers are going to be the coolest team in the NFL once this new ownership thing is, is figured out.
1: Oh, I mean, Panthers
0: are already the coolest team in the NFL. Definitely. You made a good choice.
1: I have no doubt. Other than this Rashad Penny guy who's you know making me feel bad.
0: Yeah. Anyways, as I was saying, the national anthem of Saudi Arabia.
1: <laughs> There's a lightning episode, Dan. Don't forget.
0: Yeah. Uh, although, actually, since we're we're talking about uh, news, we should talk about the poll question of because I thought it was really interesting. Do you eat the fruit in sangria? And uh, I thought that was a very good response. So the. Uh, We've got positive responses, which were Bez the Spaniard said, he said, yes, definitely for me. But we Spanish are laid back, so he says, do your own thing. So the the official thing is definitely you can eat that fruit. You posted on the Reddit, you said always, or you said your wife said always. Uh, another person said always, I paid for that fruit, but my favorite response was was Josh who said, anything you can get out there without attracting too much attention. I I think that's the right thing because it's kind of like, uh, it's like, I think, slurping the milk out of like a cereal bowl. Like if I'm at home and I e- eat the cereal, I'm like drinking that milk out of there. But if I'm like at a buffet or something at a restaurant, like I'm not, I won't, I won't have the milk.
1: No, and you know, it's, it's a perfect description of the dilemma with the fruit in the sangria because sometimes you like really want a piece of the fruit, but it like sort of like is sticking to the curve on the bottom of the cup. Oh yeah. And and you're sitting with a group and you want to get it, but you can't look like you're trying too hard to get it. So you have to like sort of like nonchalantly try and like use the toothpick or whatever to get it out. But then – or or like shake the glass, but if it's stuck, you can't, you can't shake too hard because then you look like you're like – then people are like, man, you really want that orange slice, don't you? And well, like,
0: and that's the other thing I would say. Is some pieces of fruit, like the more rigid – I'm not exactly sure all the, the types of fruit, so I, I'm not going to compare in sangria. But like if you're trying to pick at like cantaloupe or something, like that's pretty easy to get to. You, you make contact with it. It holds together. But orange slice, you start like hitting it with a fork or even trying to grab it. It's – I mean talk about smarmy. Like it – it tries to <laughs> evade capture.
1: But I totally understand Josh's point that, the, that you just can't – you can't act, seem like you're trying that hard.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's great. And, and you don't want to attract attention. You don't want to be the person who's like scraping around the thing. But I think if you can kind of do it in a cool, casual way where you're just eating the fruit, then I think it's a, it's a, a thumbs up.
1: Exactly. You just have to make it nice and smooth. Great, great poll responses.
0: Yeah, that was That was a great question, too. Not to toot our own horn, but that was great. I think we really, we really did something it that one. One. with that one.
1: Yeah. All right, let's talk about this national anthem.
0: So the national anthem of Saudi Arabia, Hasen, was first adopted in 1950 with no lyrics, and then again in 1984 with lyrics. The original composition was by Abdul Rahman Al-Khatib, with the lyrics written by Ibrahim Kafaji. The lyrics, Allah Akbar, Oh, my country, my country, live as the pride of Muslims. Long live the king for the flag and the homelands. Tony's fun facts, he says, none. There are no fun facts. I think there are, were fun facts. Tony just didn't want to find them. But uh, maybe he didn't want to be Google searching for Allah Akbar. But uh, <laughs> I'm fine with that. We can do. We can talk about this on this podcast. You know, I have no problem with the... Uh, islam or the muslim religion i i'm w- with uh obama i think it's religion of peace joe but uh Me too. he said there's no fun facts but it is very short so for all the anthem haters out there it is only a a nice 71 seconds so let's hear it
1: oh that's fantastic
0: ضعي الخطاقة يحمل النور يا
1: I liked it, Dan. you know what I liked about it 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 sounded. Like, if I heard that national anthem not speaking the language that was being spoken, I would still, and you gave me, like, a, a list of all the World Cup countries, I would probably settle on that being Saudi Arabia's.
0: Yeah. It did sound very Arabian, and it did, it did sound very arabic I After reading the things, I was, like, waiting to hear the lyrics in English, and then it was not in English, which, of course, was a stupid thing to expect.
1: <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's all right. It's short. It's nice and uh, and simple. It's very distinct. I like it. Seven out of ten.
0: Wow, seven out of ten. Huge score. <laughs> Saudi Arabia needs that after their two and a half and one. So let's see where they're going next, Joe.
1: Yeah, uh, they we are we are taking a little trip down to uh, category ten.
0: All right, Category 10. We don't do that anymore. That was the, uh, the rate the kit.
1: Fantastic. We are, we are taking a trip down to uh, Category 5.
0: All right. Hey, food and couponing. All right. This is from Fan Emeritus Emily. Saudi Arabia does not have Groupon. However, haggling is still used as a strategy, so perhaps it's more like create-your-own coupon or Groupon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The national dish is kabsa, chicken and rice with vegetables and various spices, including black pepper, cloves, cardamom, saffron, cinnamon, black lime, bay leaves, and nutmeg. You can also get variations of this with different proteins, although not pork, as it is illegal to eat, as the country follows Islamic dietary laws, which also means no alcohol. As a desert-based land, many of the foods found were types that were able to grow in arid climates such as dates, rice, and wheat. Many dishes evolve having rice cooked in a meat broth such as salig, which incorporates milk infusing into rice, giving it a creamy texture. As Islam spread throughout the Middle East, food-based influences from the surrounding countries spread into Saudi Arabia, bringing hummus, pita, tabula, fatir, harissa, and other spices. This spread of religion and culture has added a greater variety of culinary options, which is now seen as part of Middle Eastern cuisine at large. I mean,
1: we have to pick some category to rate them down for not having any alcohol.
0: Well, the drink section might be an appropriate one yeah, for that. That might
1: be the place to do it. Um, or, or do whatever you lo- want, Joe. No, and not allowing pork is bad, too. But, I mean, you know, like, look, like, generally, like, Middle Eastern meat and rice is sort of, like, right up my alley. Um, you, know, the no, you know, the no Groupon thing, it's like, it makes me wonder, like, is Groupon, like, is there something in the Quran that would make that not okay?
0: Well, I think if, if haggling is allowed, I think Groupon is just, like, it's just, like, haggling done beforehand – it's, pre, it's like pre-haggling. Yeah.
1: Plan, plan haggling. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a haggling voucher.
0: It's like you're, you're sort of haggling with the internet where you're like, oh, I want something. But then you, you like look at five different Groupons and you're like, that's you like haggling with the, the world at large, deciding, ah, do I want yeah, this massage? Yeah, like but Groupon
1: though – but Groupon is different because you're paying – so like I was thinking because I know that like um, uh, usury, like, you know, like money lending is not allowed. So, like, is Groupon sort of like that because you're giving them money by getting something that isn't quite like you're, like, getting, like, a voucher for something then? I don't know.
0: I think you're overthinking it.
1: Whatever. They don't have Groupon, but, you know, meat and rice, it's all good. I love Middle Eastern food. Five out of ten.
0: I could go for some meat and rice tonight, Joe.
1: Absolutely. All right. Now we're taking the trip to category six keep it going all
0: right fan culture and kit so joe while i read the fan culture section which is going to be very brief you pull up the kit so you can talk about that uh this is of course from fan emeritus yannick in january for the first time ever women were allowed to access a soccer stadium well that's pretty exciting but they had to be separated from the men up until now women were only allowed to visit a stadium on certain days so there you go. That's their the totality of their fan culture is that now women are allowed to watch the games. Uh, their rivals are Kuwait. Uh, they always have great matches in the Gulf Cup, and apparently Germany. So I that that's sort of like wishful thinking there. I think from some of those Saudi fans. I mean that, fans. Must that
1: must be a one sided. That must be a one sided rivalry.
0: <laughs> Although it would be funny if the Germans were like, all right, our chief rivals are are france italy and saudi arabia
1: (laughs) and we and we fucking hate the saudis
0: (laughs) terrible uh their chant translated from its original arabic to the stadium we came from every city and god willing the win is ours so you know not a bad chant
1: even their fan chant is a prayer
0: Yeah, I I guess it's not, it isn't saying, like, hopefully our players will play well. It says, hopefully, God willing, God wills us to win.
1: I mean, the sense I'm getting is these people are very religious.
0: I mean, it does, (laughs) it is 100% Muslim, and, uh, you know, the the Constitution is the Quran, so it does seem like that, that makes sense.
1: You know, the kit's pretty nice, though. Their crest is like an eagle or some kind of bird, but whose like, skin is made out of soccer ball material.
0: Hmm. It's pretty cool. It is a Nike kit, which I should also note, which is that's, that's a good get for them.
1: Yeah, no, I think Nike did a good job with this kit. I think it looks good. I like the green color. Uh, you know, I mean, look, I mean, I...
0: Wait, did you say a bird?
1: Yeah, it's like no, an no, eagle. No, it's,
0: no, it's, uh, it's two, like, sabers that are crossed.
1: No, I know. But, well, that's yet yeah, that's one of their logos. But look at the at like the crest on their shirt or like the uh, logo on their shirt.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it.
1: What? It's not a. There's a bird. He has a face. What? It is a bird with a face. <laughs> I mean, right. What's what <laughs> to say? <laughs>
0: okay. Well, we'll agree to disagree.
1: I'm going to send you something on on. On G chat, but let's talk. In the meantime, uh, you know, I don't, I don't love the fact that um, that women couldn't be fans. Like that's, you know, I mean, you know, once again, like that's just, that's just bad. That's just bad strategy. Like, like, who, who are you going to go to games with?
0: Your male friends.
1: Yeah, but you know, it's just a bunch of dudes sitting around watching watching a game together. Bring your wife, bring your girlfriend, whatever.
0: I mean, this is. This is a very cold take. I mean, all of the women's rights issues aside, I think you're going to have a lot more fun at the game if you're just hanging out with your male friends. Unless you're like, one of your friends is like Pam, who's, you know, a very big sports fan. But, you know.
1: Yeah, think about it. If they were in Saudi Arabia, Pam couldn't go and enjoy a game. That's terrible.
0: Yeah, it's bad. Look, I'm anti it. I'm just saying my particular uh, girlfriend slash fiance and your wife, I don't think she's that interested in any sports she's not getting up to watch Tottenham play
1: so you're saying it's okay to ban women from sporting events
0: I'm saying that sporting events effectively ban women themselves because (laughs) women don't want to go but I'm against officially making it a rule
1: this is turning into a Baltic genocide situation Dan check out check out out your Gchat I want you to look at this bird but I'm going to move on and I'm just going to rate this a uh, 3 out of 10
0: Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah, that is a bird. Yeah. All right.
1: All right. Category category 8. Ooh,
0: KSA. I like that, too. Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. What did you give it? Three and a half. It's tough. All right. Category 8. Good. This one will be fast. Hey, Carson sent in nothing. So there are no... I mean, I don't know if he did it because he did the research and couldn't find any celebrities or he willingly or willfully... Uh, didn't do it. <laughs> I guess that wouldn't be. He just. Did. I don't know. But there's nothing. I've got no information here. I did do no research of my own, so I I cannot think of any uh, any celebrities.
1: Well, there's like Osama bin Laden.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, he's no longer alive, but I guess uh, Carson's done some deceased ones before.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to do a quick being here to to get something to talk about but I did look uh, in
0: terms of the ownership cuz I was like oh you know those Saudi princes must own a team but as it turns out no they one Saudi sheikh owns a uh whatever the level is right below the Premier League he owns I think it's a whole city I think is owned by a Saudi sheikh but the the most um prominent like Champions League teams that are owned by sheiks are not Saudi. They are, um, yeah, uh, Qatari, or they are. Well, I forget what the other one is. Maybe United Arab Emirates. But uh, mm-hmm. the Saudi sheiks, it seems, aren't aren't super big into the uh, the soccer club ownership as maybe some of the other countries are.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So not much here on celebrities. Obviously, I think if Bin Laden's the best one, we're going to come up with that's probably not a good score for them. Let's let's say let's say
0: be careful here
1: well let's give them a sympathy one because maybe there's someone great who we're missing because carson didn't send anything in yeah one out of ten
0: well what about uh muhammad
1: oh well i mean that's a good point i don't want to rate muhammad a one out of ten that seems cruel
0: yeah i think the more we talk about this the more peril we're putting ourselves in so all right let's just stick with the one and move on category four category four all right Player to watch from fan emeritus David. The top player to watch is Fahad Al-Muwallad, who plays for Levante UD. He's 23 years old. He is a right winger. And apparently, Saudi Arabia struck a deal with La Liga so that nine players are on loan with Spanish clubs and the costs are covered by Saudi Arabia, so. Oh, so
1: that's that's actually really smart because you're getting your team uh, better practice against better competition.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is when I was talking about the like the Saudi footballing federation. It's like they they do support their they want their team to be good, so you know they 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 throw that money around to do it, and, and this is obviously a part of that. So all more all more Damn it. All right, whatever. You guys figure it out. Also called the Saudi Messi, he has a similar stature, is the most exciting of these players. Decent shot, finishing, dribbling, and speed. Scored nine goals in 40 appearances for the national team. In FIFA 18, skill 74 potential. Yeah, 82. So, you know, there's something there. Uh, David gives his rating a three.
1: You know, I mean, that is exactly what a Saudi or what a country like Saudi Arabia should be doing to build up their footballing program they should be paying other clubs to say yeah you can have this player completely for free we will pay their entire salary why not do that
0: yeah that's a good deal
1: it's a great deal America should do the same thing but it is also the thing that we're talking about with like why is Saudi Arabia not better like there might be a future that we can envision where like 20 years from now they are a powerhouse
0: um you gotta this you gotta guy, squint pretty hard to, to imagine that
1: not not like a not like a not like a dynasty powerhouse but like they are they're they're 10 to 15 places higher in the FIFA ranking on a consistent
0: basis yeah all right I mean if they go from a thousand to one to like 200 to one that's a massive increase <laughs> but you know
1: I think, uh, yeah, this guy's all right. Uh, Maybe a little bit better than um, the ranking suggested. Let's say four out of
0: ten. Four out of ten. All right. Two categories left. Atrocities and the drink. So let's just go right to atrocities. From uh, super fan, fan emeritus Josh PhD. Remember everybody to go buy his book when that comes out. He says...
1: Dan, I'm still waiting to do our reading for the audiobook, whenever you want. Should we just release that as a special podcast episode?
0: Yeah. I, I'm sure we can finish that in under an hour, maybe. <laughs> if we really
1: I'm not saying the book. I'm saying, I'm saying the audition
0: reel. No, I'm saying that it was a joke that we spent so long in every no. podcast. <laughs>
1: All right, go ahead. Let's talk about the atrocities. All
0: right, bad, really bad. First of all, there's extremely harsh restrictions on women in the country. The fact that they only recently allowed women to drive should give a sense of that. Then there's the tacit and perhaps covert support of radical clerics connected to violence all across the world, which goes back decades. Then there's the massive humanitarian crisis currently happening in Yemen, where Saudi Arabia is a major contributing factor. Saudi airstrikes in Yemen are ongoing. By the way, the U.S. is indirectly supporting a lot of this through arms deals with Saudi Arabia. And then there's the machinations of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who is currently consolidating power in the country. So from the past to the present, Saudi Arabia is terrible. Josh gives the atrocity level as the merciless pepper of Kwazalecatenango, a.k.a. the Guatemalan insanity pepper.
1: It's a great Simpsons episode, by the way.
0: You got to, you got to pour the wax down the, on your tongue. Then you can, you can swallow that. No problem.
1: That's one of my favorite episodes. Cause it's just so freaking weird. Um, yeah, this is bad. This is like, what did we wait? We gave Russia a zero.
0: Russia was given a one in this category.
1: Ooh, that's a generous one. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think you are upset that they interfered with the election, but as a noted Donald Trump supporter, you were happy they at least supported the right guy.
1: Um, I mean, do we give them like a half point for the fact that women can drive now?
0: Well, I th- don't think they get to drive until June, but I think they can go in the soccer stadiums now. So, All right,
1: fine. You know what? That's what we'll do. They get a half point in June. Right now, it's a, it's a zero.
0: Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, they're bad. One thing that's that I also saw in the, because um, I was looking up their economy, that, you know, they are, they make all this money in oil and they're very undiversified. So that's one of their things. But they're one of the, I think actually they are the only Arab country in the G20 because they just make so much money from oil. But when they look at what they spend their money on, I think it said they have like the fourth highest military spending, I, th- I think, in the world. Um, what are they doing with that? Yeah, I don't know. But... They're just bombing the crap out of Yemen. Whatever they're doing, it, I mean, it, it's like sort of like a a, a thing with the U.S. because most of the money goes to the U.S. in terms of buying equipment and military arms from the U.S. Ah, uh, I see. But yeah, I mean, they got all, they are not like a uh, a what a tacit or tacit other word. They're not like a um, indifferent player in the region. Like they are. Yeah, They're using their money in translating it to military might and then doing shit with that military might.
1: Yeah, it's no good. It's no good.
0: Finally, number, number 12, the drink. You're having tea. I'm having the uh, a diluted version of Saudi champagne.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, tea's great. Saudi champagne sounds all right. Um, but, I mean, come on. Come on, Saudi Arabia. You should at least, I mean... What is it going to be like when the World Cup is in, is in Qatar? Do they allow alcohol there?
0: I would assume it's, it's going to be similar where – I mean I don't, I don't know what the, the laws are in Qatar. But I know that it's pr- the structure must be fairly similar. And if alcohol is not allowed in the country, like they're going to like, make some rule. There's no way they could have a World Cup without alcohol.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like I think like beer sponsorships are one of the biggest sponsorships of
0: of the World Cup. Yeah. And not to mention Big Pork Joe. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, I mean, look, this drink situation. 2 out of 10. 2 out of 10. All right.
0: Wow. <sighs> not the best score I've ever seen for poor Saudi Arabia. Uh so They come in at a total of 26, which is uh, an an average of uh, 2.89 per, and uh, I'm trying to see if there's even anything comparable to this, and there's nothing. The lowest other than this is Panama at at 4.33 average, Poland 4.86, Russia 4.5, but everybody else is comfortably above 4, and... (laughs) Saudi Arabia didn't even crack three, so... Uh,
1: I mean, am I being overly negative tonight? I mean, it, 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 it just... I was responding, it was laid out there. Oh,
0: actually, though, I just got an email from a, a Saudi uh, a sheik. Oh, they have decided to sponsor a podcast, and... What? Wow. $5,000, as long as, as long as you pass them through, Joe... That's all he asked. He said, you can do whatever you want. You don't need an ad read. He just wants to, for Saudi Arabia to get into the round. And he'll send $500 in uh, real.
1: That's Yeah, but it's 5, 500 reals?
0: No, no, no. I, well, I don't know what the conversion rate is. He, he hasn't done the math here. But he, he says he'll make good. Oh, I see. And he says Saudis are very trustworthy in deals.
1: I mean, they're known. They're known for their handshake deals in Saudi Arabia.
0: Definitely we could barter I could, I could go back and say look well, we need some more real let's spice up the deal a little bit
1: we know it's a haggling culture absolutely <laughs> um, yeah no I mean obviously uh, upon consideration despite their low score we're going to be
0: moving Saudi Arabia on to the next round alright boom let's send that right back to the prince uh, you know get
1: some of that get some of that big o-tire money
0: <laughs> you know what they say money can buy everything <laughs> and I mean, it will be interesting to see big money, big oil versus big corruption in that group A, where you've got the Saudi Arabia Russia match is, is sure to be. You know who knows what could happen there.
1: Oh my God, it's like it's like the 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 bribery group. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, whoever referees the games in that group is going to be fucking rich when they come home.
0: <laughs> and that's the I, I I think that's actually the opening game of the World Cup. Because I think I think Russia opens the World Cup, and so there you go. The first game of the World Cup will be Russia Saudi Arabia. So that is, I, I, oh, I mean, good for Saudi Arabia. What a of game too that they I mean. they're going to be on. Like you know, everybody watches that first game, even though this is like such a terrible game.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, literally, that's the only way that the world will be watching a Saudi Arabia game, and it's crazy that that. That the, that the opening of the World Cup... I mean, I, I honestly don't even know if I'm going to watch that game. Saudi Arabia versus Russia. Come on. That's terrible.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody, June 14th... I mean, we have to complete the podcast by the, this game is, is the, the, the problem with this podcast. The big, the, the big time crunch. June 14th at 8 o'clock a.m. Pacific time. So, yeah, I'll get up for that.
1: Dan, we're doing great. We're, we're on time and under budget. Uh, no, you know, obviously, unfortunately, we're leaving uh, Saudi Arabia behind here, but they had a good run.
0: All right. That she is run not going to gonna be happy, Joe, but I think it is it is important that as the world does move away from an oil based economy, that Saudi Arabia is going to have to learn that sometimes their their money and their their old money isn't isn't what it takes in the new world. Like if they want to pass to get through your system, they're going to have to really work on some things uh, about their current ongoing atrocities and maybe their government. And then for you particularly, you care about those, those uh, women's rights. You want to make sure that women are able to do all the things that you don't like to do so that, because you don't want to be doing those things.
1: I could not have said it better myself, Dan. Thank you.
0: All right, Joe. As we close out, we already know what we're doing. Our next two teams are going to be, wow, how exciting is this, Egypt, another team in Group A, and Belgium, a, perhaps a, a World Cup powerhouse? I don't know. We'll see. So if you want to get in your feedback, we've actually already gotten some Egypt feedback, which is very fun. But if you want uh, more Egypt feedback, Belgium feedback, get, the, get it, that in. Ooh, Belgium waffles. Man, I hope that comes up in the, uh, the food section. Uh, wow. That's great, Joe. Do we have a poll question for this episode?
1: I mean, I don't have one. Do you have one?
0: Well, I really, I really don't, Joe. <laughs> 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 I mean, if maybe if uh, you could talk for like thirty seconds, I could think of one.
1: I was hoping that you would talk for thirty seconds so I could think of one.
0: All right, yeah. So I'll talk for thirty seconds. So I've got the
1: wait, Dan. Then tell us, how's wedding planning going?
0: Well, we haven't done anything, but the more important thing is how is this bowling alley? I have tomorrow, presumably the owner is going to be there and he wants to talk, so I have to decide if I'm going to do the uh, the tables or not. So I'm leaning towards, leaning towards doing it, but I, I, I do have to work out a good deal. Uh, I got I to... Gotta, uh, figure out the uh, the unlimited bowling situation. But I did learn a real great piece of feedback, though, last week. So last week at the bowling league, I was talking to the bartender, you know, who I talk with every week. I was mentioning, oh, I talked to the owner. He seems like such a nice guy. You know, I thought the owner of the bowling alley would be like some lame weirdo. But the guy who owns the place seems pretty cool. And the bartender was like, oh, yeah, the guy who runs the place, he's awesome. He's great. But then he said, but the silent investor, he's like, that guy's a real dick. So there is, you know, I've met the like public face of the ownership, but there's some sort of silent owner who who could be, you know, less fun to deal with. He could maybe scuttle my uh, unlimited bowling situation.
1: That's interesting. I mean, you know, it's sort of a shame because isn't the point of being a silent owner that you're silent, you're not involved?
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe he is silent. I don't know. I, I just assume that guy's like... I I
1: maybe he, maybe his tongue was cut out.
0: That that does happen. <laughs> Big in the bowling scene or uh in that that movie Kingpin, God, what they they cut off the guy's hand. <laughs> the, the good bowler. That's a funny movie. That's a great movie. So there, that was like a minute. Do you come up with anything? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Okay, so Saudi Arabia did not go through. We've got no poll question, and uh, what? That's it. This will this will get posted by OOB tomorrow.
1: Great, great use of
0: an hour and a half. All right, yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Another
0: slam dunk episode. All right, see you, Joe. <laughs> Bye.